The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. And we're back here on Analyze This. And I want to thank uh, the Commissioner of the Virgin Islands Police Department uh, for joining me in hour number one. Uh, and now we take a, like I told him, you know, when he was here, uh, we're going to take a lateral move, you know what I'm saying? You, you might be, you know, his boss, but in this show, you're just another guest, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> what? <laughs> we got the, yeah, yeah, I, I'm not going to take a shot at him like that. Yo, we're, we're, we got uh, Governor Albert Brand uh, uh, in the house, along with his uh, communications director, uh, Richard Mota. A junior, good morning, Governor. How are you? I am well. Good morning. Good morning, Virgin Islands. I was like, I saw him, I saw him coming on the stairs. It's like when you when you're going long ago, when you're going by your girlfriend and you're seeing your partner <laughs> coming up the stairs. <laughs> you see some oh, strange fellow oh looking gosh. at you, funny. <laughs> oh my gosh! Wow! wow, wow. <laughs> uh, I gotta read this, <laughs> Mister Mota. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good, good. So, Governor, get back, get comfortable at my coach. Then. I know I'm not a shrink, you know. I what don't saying? see the man coming <laughs> on the stairs. I'm nervous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. I'm, uh, by the way, before I, I, I get to you, Governor, I want to, I don't want the public to think that we, we're not going to do our housekeeping here. So, let me knock this out real quick. Um, we got the COVID numbers uh, for yesterday, and we actually got a, uh, uh, a, some good data. Uh, we had 441. People tested, of which 418... Okay, I got to turn this up. I apologize. Just let me know which one is you. Uh you, is you. Okay, good. And uh, you, 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 you can hear me, Governor? That, that's it? Okay, good. Um, 418 of the 441 people tested were negative. So uh, that's a 5% positivity rate uh, compared to the numbers we've been having uh, over the last week. Um, that's a step in the right uh, direction. So I just wanted the public to know that. Can I keep doing what you're doing? Social distance, wear the mask, don't worry about what people think until we uh, get it back uh, to what we know to be our low um, positivity rate here in the territory. So, Gov, uh, glad to have you in the studio. Been, uh, been here since the day after uh, the election. Um, so, you know, good good spacing and all that stuff. You gave your first, your fifth uh, state of the territory address. Uh, on Monday night, you looked very comfortable given uh, that uh, what was deemed upbeat uh, address. Um, what's your take looking back at it? You grade yourself? You know, pull, I, pull um, the mic a little closer. If you I will. repeated it too many times to really grade myself because I, I, you know, I like Alan Iverson. Practice? I mean, practice, man. But um, yeah. that's one speech I do practice a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was very relaxed. This is the most relaxed I've been. In going into it for a couple of reasons. One, you know, I'm seasoned now. Um, the last state of the territory had a lot riding on it. It was a kickoff essentially to the gubernatorial campaign from my side, uh, saying what we're going to do for the year and really laying it out there. And this time, you know, th- there's there's a lot at stake. But I'm not in I'm not in any political race anymore. Certainly, I need political favor. Yo, you're a lame duck. <laughs> Straight up, man, you're a lame. You're Trigenza tell me don't say that no more. He's like, don't say you're no po- lame. Politically speaking, you're a lame duck. <laughs> I am. You, you ain't no duck. There ain't no part of you a duck. You know what I'm saying? But that's just a political, political. I'm just joking. I think that. so too. <laughs> uh, you, 
unless you're going to get into another 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 area, you know what I'm saying? Because there are governors who have uh, ran for Congress. So, you know what I'm they saying? run for state senate. <laughs> they don't run for no, Congress. No, you're, you're banned from the legislature. You can't state? Go. No, no, no. Uh, uh, U.S. Senate. U.S. Senate. Yeah, yeah, like Mansion. Yes, yeah. like man. I would have yeah, loved yeah. if we had a if we had a spotlight. Yeah. I, I might have tried it, but you know, I, I'm not a I'm I am a politician, but that's never what I intended to be. Um, I would like to, and not that I'm saying farewell or anything, but after this year, I definitely want to you know do what I I continue to contribute, but do some mm-hmm. other things. But you know, doing the speech, uh, I figured when we sat down with the team, we're like, listen, we talked about everything we did for the last 10 months. We've been telling people campaigning up and down. I don't think people want to hear that. They want to hear a little bit what you, where you're going or what your priorities are. And, uh, and I wanted to speak to the things that people think we didn't do well on um, in, the, in the election. Oh, that's uh, quality of life issues, the health care, mm-hmm. education, um, and WAPA. And WAPA wasn't really a campaign issue. But I, I made that the priority because solving the energy problem in the Virgin Islands is is going to have a monumentous effect on all of us. And and people are looking at it primarily, are, you know, my constituents from a residential point of view. But if we could get low industrial uh, energy in St. Croix, we could be killing it. I mean, in St. Thomas and St. John as well, but more so in St. Croix, we have the potential to really develop the resources of the Hovensa Lime Tree property, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's a refinery or anything else, and then the Renaissance property, and then uh, we still have all of that property adjacent to the airport on both sides mm-hmm. that I'd like to see developed. So, you know, we're in a situation right now where we don't really need jobs in the Virgin Islands, but I'm still working on the potential for more because everything is coming off and popping off at the same time. Of course, inflation was big for me. And what I thought was big, too, in a speech that no one is talking about is the downtown conservatorship plan. I guess people need to hear more about it, but that's definitely a, a community conversation we want to have on what we're going to do with all of these derelict and broken down buildings in our downtown areas. Well, you know, I was smiling, you know, when you when you touched on that and you, you know that, you know, I, I do some mercenary work for Entity here and we have an innovation district project that we're looking at just starting with in uh, Charlotte Valley. Yeah. So, I, you know, I was like, you know, thank you for validating, you know, our intent. So I, I want to thank you for that because, because it's true. We have way too many and it's just not limited to Charlotte Mali. I, I, I don't know about St. John as much, but I know Christian Center Frederick said way too many derelict buildings. The, th- the thing is, too, is spreading. It's like, you know, Frederickstead is a main intent. I want to be a, uh, is my main target, right? <clears throat> but sh- Main Street, the fact that like almost half of Main Street now is dead, like for sale, closed, shuttered. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, when, you, when you come down out of Savannah and, and reach the stoplight, they're facing labor. Yeah. Right. And and you hang a left, man. That's 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 not good. That's not a good look, man. It's dead all the way up to Virgilio. Yeah, man. You know. Yeah, that's that's not good. And that's and it creeping it creeping further up the street when wow. you know when we have uh, rum shop and discos on Main Street, front Main Street. Mm-hmm. That's an issue. So you know we 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 have some friends who are developing the old International Plaza building and. Um, Royal Dane Mall. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, we want to see those properties come back on and we want to be able to put businesses in there um, with affordable rents, you know. I think one of the things I see that the energy crisis in 2008, 2009 taught us was you need smaller spaces for some of our local vendors. Um, so, because people want to buy local stuff, they just don't know where it is, where it's at. And but what's what, what's the economy of scales telling you? What's the data? What's the data telling you in terms of why you know buildings that have value aren't you know being occupied and are derelict right now? Well, you know, it, it, it's all relative. So, landlords on Main Street are costing about twenty thousand dollars, fifteen thousand dollars a month, and but jewelry isn't selling like that anymore. We, you know, it's a limited scope to that. And, and the other thing is, too, the abandoning of the towns. If you, I, I grew up in Savan. In Savan alone, in maybe three square blocks, we had Vicente, Perkins, Red Ball, Roosevelt, and Sydney George. Five, five um, bodegas, like little grocery mm-hmm. shops, right? You still have Miss Millicent selling candy. You had hat makers. Once people started moving to the country and the development of the mall, Pueblo, Grand Union, and, and then transportation came into play, all them stores died. Nobody, even the bakery was in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure people who grew up in downtown Christianside or Frederickstead could say the same. Hillside Grocery was the only dying there no more, right, in Christianstead. Um, all the little bars and stuff, Brady's, all them things died out because you know something? people I, got transport. I, I just listened to what you just said, yeah. You, you you do a um you, you do a reverse serial king and the people of the Virgin Islands yeah like, <laughs> you know, I mean serial king and Farley where you you from Saint Thomas and yeah. and, and, and you spend a good two thousands of your life here and Saint Croix same thing with 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 King where he from Slab but spend a lot of time over there Saint Thomas yeah. uh, Farley from what this this is some Political thing that you studied, um, uh, <laughs> back in the day that that, that, got, that got your tentacles. Uh, yeah, I that, think that, it's that, just, that's that's what that was about. That's what this was all about. You, I think you, you, plan, just, you planned this thirty years ago, thirty four years ago. I, I think it was just fate. I think no, I just, you know, it, it's done. I mean, wait a minute. You know, I hear you calling up Miss Millicent, and you know that, that was personal thing. That when yeah, you, when yeah, you, yeah. Grew up in Savannah. But I, I mean, you came here in eighty two. Yeah, and, I came and, in '82. You, you know, and and you spent what three years at St. Dunstan's? Three years at St. Dunstan's, and then uh, uh, so now you had you know your base truly brought. God don't make no mistake, you know. Well, that's what it is. And I mean, so yeah. I know I know both these islands well. And then when I was at Innovative, I did a lot of work in St. John for them, so I know St. John well too. Um, but I I know I'm I am most economically familiar with St. Croix. Mm-hmm. I, I mean because. You know, this is where I lived for the last 40 years. So I studied it inside and out. St. Thomas, you know, it's his own driving machine. And I, I take the lessons of St. Thomas and applying them to St. Croix. The reason why St. Thomas works so well is because they have concentrated economies. There's even an election. You cannot go anywhere and not pass waterfront in a week. St. Croix, you could spend months without going to Frederickstead. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about progress, St. Croix people really talk about the progress they could see in their neighborhood and on their way to walk. And that might not be too far away. So in Tomi, I see all the progress. I mean, there's still a lot of stuff going on that they don't see, but you you can't miss it. The cranes on the hill, the, the, the development in downtown, the big thing to the airport. You can't, even if you ain't going in the airport, you got to see that damn parking garage. Well, you know, <clears throat> 
That's geography, though. It is. So, you know what I'm saying? Okay, so, you got, you got, you got uh, the, the reverse dynamic where St. Croix is bookended by towns and St. Thomas bookended by country. Right. So, when you look at my strategy, right, what I'm doing for both towns is redeveloping uh, and looking for urban development inside the town so people can move back to town. Millennials like to be in where the, where the action is. You know, free internet service uh, downtown so we could drive more stuff in. I've really concentrated on the Christiansted corridor from Five Corners all the way into downtown Christiansted, back mm-hmm. out again to Kanigata. If you know, we fixed Gallows Bay. Concentrated. We're about to rebuild new, um, I keep calling it new Hanson, Charles Howard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Charles Howard. You know, somebody today was asking me, why are we rebuilding these buildings? Why we don't fix them? <laughs> why are you going to fix up your car if you go buy a brand new one? Mm-hmm. You know, when we put a building here for Charles Howard, that's going to change the entire scope of this area. The stretch. It is. Yeah. We're going to put back the Justice Building, the Toro Building, right there next to Pueblo, because that big hole where we see in there, that's going to put it. The legislature already put a bill in there. Um, your, that's your cousin family, Raymond James. Work hard to put a GRS bill in there, mm-hmm. the casino buildings there, mm-hmm. the federal building. I, I try so this is what, Miracle Two Miles now? Yeah, I'm trying to buy um, the old Heineken building. Uh, Mr. Biggs used to run, what are your name there? Across from West Indian Corporation. Yeah, right yeah, yeah, across yeah, from yeah, McDonald's. Yeah, 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 West, yeah, West, no, no, wait, what was it on? Uh, yeah, West Indies. Uh, yeah, it was, it, it wasn't Bella's, it was West Indies. West, West Indies, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll, so we'll get the name here. Yeah. Trying yeah, to get that building back. Heading up into Orange Grove. Right. Yeah. Right, right. right. And so yeah, I yeah. just denied the permit. The, the zoning change for the B7 Hill. Hill. Oh, you did you did um, veto that? Yeah, you can't move from R1 to B3. I mean, we don't have that much R1 property in St. Croix. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a pretty exclusive... So how do you balance that, though? Uh, where where um, your pro-economic development, um, the petitioners are claiming that this is about economic development, but at the same time, you got to protect certain parts of the, you know, uh, uh, and, uh, what we call it... Uh, a non land and water use <laughs> uh, yeah, plan. Uh, plan jurisdiction. I mean, and I think about that. Even if we have a land and water use plan, the legislature going to change what they want to change anyway. But my thing with that is, okay, you know, when we debated this, I said, look at Bugby Hole. Bugby Hole is probably the most well put together development in St. Croix. Mm-hmm. I think it's there for like 30 years. It's, it, it still have less than 30 houses in there. And there's at least 80 plots, yeah. 100 plots. And it, it the whole place fell apart. We went in there, repaved the whole thing, did the drainage, everything. I don't know how they got a turnover to the government. But it still ain't developed. We don't need to be cutting. We have so much land cut in St. Croix that's undeveloped. Mm-hmm. What we need to do now is focus on concentrating our growth and economic areas. And, you know, I'm real concerned for this side because... So then we're going to have a conversation about WAPA then. That, that's pretty much what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, when that, you look... That, that, when, that's the precursor for... When you're flying into St. Croix, I mean, Shabbat is no longer there. The Shabbat mm-hmm. community is no longer there. I think they should have built a Senate legislature down there on the water right next to WAPA. You know, one of the things that I'm going to do is I'm going to tie this grid in St. Croix into the Hovensa refinery. Um, I think that's a good thing. I think that's a, the first step in taking the WAPA plant off of this, so off of this 
North Shore. Shore. Yeah. 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 And putting it over there in the industrial sector. And maybe even having a, come to a point where we have so much solar and we have agreements going with the industry we have in St. Croix that we don't have any plant at all. And um, it's, it's also mm. all metered out in solar and batteries or whatever. And it will never, it will never be, it will, we would always have to have generation because you have to have a backup. But my vision is once we get the refinery to be able to put power on the grid, then we could sell 19 cents power unregulated to Renaissance, anything along the airport, Diageo, and anything else we bring into St. Croix. And that's key. Because if we could, if we get power to 19 cents, we could entertain light manufacturing. If we get light manufacturing, we have $30, $40 our jobs um, again. And we have sustainability. And the refinery not running becomes a non-issue. So that's, that's where we headed. So when we, when we, when we, we have I it, might not get there with you. No, no. But it's a good start. No, but at least, you got, at least you got a plan, though. Yeah, you yeah. Know, that, that, that's what it starts with. You got to have some type of plan that, that you can work to work. We're heading towards a break. When we come back, though, I want to ask you, uh, communications director before we get into the economic discussion because there are a number of different parts of the economy. Cannabis bill mm-hmm. that you sign, um, the impact of WAPA uh, undermining uh, economic development based on costs and all that stuff. But when we come back, I want to ask the communications director about the effectiveness of the Monday briefings because it looks like the, the, the public, uh, you, you set up the public uh, to being addicted to that. Which you was, think so? I, I thought it was a good move. You know, kind of, we cussed them to hear somebody. When some, you know how we are here. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, we're herd people. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we, 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 get, we get used to something, and when we don't hear it, then we ask the question, well, what happened? And I yeah, think that worked. You know. I think that works. So I want to talk a little bit about that with your communication All director, right. and then we get into the heart of the conversation because economics uh, drives us in a consumer driven economy. We got the governor uh, in the house, Governor Albert Bryan Jr along with his communications director, Mr. Richard Mota, for Clear and Reggie Balin here. We'll take a break. Be back right after this. All of us want to know what's going on, but only some of us want to know the why. That's where we come in. 1A is a place for the curious. Daily conversations for those looking to make sense of our world. I'm Jen White. I hope you'll join me next time for 1A. Catch 1A at its new time. Weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. I'm Deepa Fernandez from Public Radio's Midday News Magazine, Here and Now. We'll bring you all the news that happens between the morning headlines and the afternoon wrap-up, plus conversations with authors and artists, stories that affect you, maybe a story about you. So please join us for Public Radio's Midday News Magazine, Here and Now. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1. Hi, I'm Peter Sagal. You spent the week listening to the news. Don't you think you deserve to show off what you've learned on Wait, Wait, We Give You a Chance to Impress Your Friends with Your Knowledge of International Incidents, Political Gaffes, and the Latest Advancement in German Nudists? You'll be the life of the party or the death. Either way, you'll make an impression and you can thank Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station 
in the Virgin Islands. Parents, have you struggled with finding safe spaces for your children to meet up and learn through play and social interaction? Teen Time at the VI Children's Museum offers fun family learning for children ages 12 to 18 years old. A free program for all participants. For dates and information, 340-643-0366 or teentime at vichildrensmuseum.org. And we're back here on Analyze This, and we've got uh, the, the governor, the chief executive, joining us, uh, making his rounds, um, I'd say, I, I guess, the morning, morning after of uh, his fifth State of the Territory address, and he's joined this morning by Communications, Richard Mota Jr. Mr. Mota, yes, glad to have you here uh, in, in the studio. Tell us about the Monday briefing um, and that um, how it actually served um the governor and the people well because i think it actually started before the pandemic hit well before COVID. And, and, yeah. uh, and and because of that it served as a seamless conduit of information for the absolutely public. yeah i mean we started the we started the co- the the press briefings on august 19th 2019 and um the concept was you know we, we wanted to model it after s- the White House, the daily White House press briefings. Um, we wanted to give, you know, part of the governor's platform in 2018 when he when he ran was uh, transparency. And I thought that that was a key um, initiative to, to really um, bring about transparency in government, giving the media and the public, um, by extension, an opportunity to... Um, to get a, a regular update from what the from the administration and what they're um, what we're working on, and so we started that in 2019. Um, we did it, you know, every Monday consistently, and then COVID came the year after, and it just seamlessly, like you mentioned, it just became a, a, a very, very you know invaluable conduit to um, getting information, necessary information out to the public. Um, and so, you know, we've been doing that now for three three years, going on four years. Yeah, yeah. But we're actually in the fourth year. Yeah. A, a lot of people don't know that far about math, though. Uh, <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? It's like you're born, right? And uh, they, 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 they don't realize after you make a birthday, then you're in the next year. They're in the next year. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Yeah, so, yeah, so you haven't made a full four years, but you're in the fourth, in the fourth year. year. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. So that, 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 I just, I just want to commend you guys for that. And I think that's, that actually helped, and I said this from the start, that helped the administration um, manage the pandemic. Absolutely. Um, to the point where, because the public wanted to be updated, um, and they got used to it, they got dependent on it, um, it gave you the platform, Governor, to let them know, slucks in, and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised, though, because I, I didn't think that many people, like, I, I watched the, 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 the playback, and it doesn't get that many views. So I'm always saying, I wonder how viable it is. If if people know something, come up. Like if we have a real spike, like we go to four thousand people, everybody. That's like a thousand people what, watching what, it one time. What, what, why don't why don't get plenty of views? You're, you're briefing them. Yeah, you don't get plenty. Do you know why, Governor? Why radio? 
Oh, it's yeah. on the radio too. Yo, yeah, that's yo. I, I've told him that already. And I say, I say it's, it's spread out across multiple platforms. The, and, so. the, and the and the voting population, the elderly people, radio. You know what I'm saying? My mother, she, she was waiting for one o'clock every Monday. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So I'm telling yeah, you, yeah. yeah. Well, well, you learned something here, analysis, which is expected. So we got we continuing with it. I I think. We're going to break it up a little bit. I'm going to do some. Rich going to do some. The lieutenant governor is going to do some. Um, I think I need to get him out there as well, too. People love to see Trigenza when he comes on. Uh, but people like to hear what's going on. So we've been on a little bit of a media silence, so to speak, because we had the inauguration. We had Christmas. We had festival, post-election, state of the territory. And now, you know, the next thing on our agenda is D.C. We come back is, is uh, fair. And then... You know, we enter March, and and March is is when things kind of calm down a little bit. But um, then you we, collect then you collect that money in April. Yeah. That's oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Money <laughs> Something going on every month. You know? I mean, you would think you got a little dung spot. Somebody had to remind me because you know we, we you know we we're not letting COVID just you know get the public to think everything is all right. I'm trying to sip the days so, because you know. So what I tell them, you know, in January, you know, okay, okay. We had the congregating for Juve and yeah. all that stuff. So we're going to be all right. And then somebody said, don't forget fear coming in February. When you know, but when you see that Juve, how you could not think we're going to have a COVID spike? I mean, that was, that's, that's, a, that's, a, like, that's like lobster, a breeding girl. It, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, 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 you know, I wanted to segue into that because that was good, that was good economics for the, for the territory. Absolutely. And, of course, the president was here and brought that press pool. Yes, uh, a lot right. of attention, so we got some economics there. However, you close a speech Monday by warning the people them about economic and a potential downturn. Right. And I saw you um, promoting the state of territory on Twitter, and that's where I hang out. <clears throat> and I want you to know that um, some of the people that I listen to, um, inflation ain't happening like it did before. It did, it's not. And this talk about the recession may not happen. The numbers I got here from um, one of our folks, part of the, this is, Jan, Ek, Jan Ekut, he was talking with Paul Krugman, you know Krugman, I live down in West mm -hmm. for the New York Times. Mm -hmm. He said part of the high inflation perception today is measurement. Instantaneous inflation in December is 2% of the conventional measure of 6.5%. So, here's what I want you to do. You know, because this is analyzed. But that's adjusted every year, though. I mean, it's not... But the, but, but the point that we're making is um, the metrics... And the way we apply the metrics in the past aren't necessarily applicable today. Absolutely. Because you got so much spending online and a number of different variables that's going on, man. You know what I'm saying? So, yes, you know, after inflation, you know, recession, conventionally um, tends but to I happen. But I tell people, you know, it's, it's like about, a it's, hurricane. It's, it's about management, though. But it's like a hurricane, right? Yeah. If you hear, when people hear a hurricane coming now, they immediately think Cat 5. They mm -hmm. never think we're gonna get like a little seventy-five mile an hour blow and it's gonna be done. Which which could impact, right? Yeah, it could still impact, and it's the same thing with a recession. So because we're hypersensitive to the one we had in two thousand eight, you know, people are thinking about that type of recession. That I don't think is gonna happen. Mm -hmm. I do think inflation will slow. We are hoping the Feds stop or lower the rates come summer. You know, hopefully third quarter. And that's, that's going to slow us a little bit. But the two things are going on. We don't have enough workers, and people sick and tired of being inside. Mm -hmm. So I expect 
But it's slowing, right? I mean, the housing market is definitely slowed down. I think that is great for the Virgin Islands um, because those interest rates are driving uh, everything now. It's going to lower the cost of homes in the Virgin Islands because you got to adjust to compensate for the interest rate. So you better off gain a, even if I given you a, the VI slice program, a hundred thousand, it would mean more for you over the course of that mortgage to get that interest rate lower one point to six or to five or to four. It 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 changes your monthly payment dramatically, uh, and and we're so spoiled now. We're used to like five six, mm-hmm. you know. When you mentioned a program, I believe you rolled it out what. Inside the last two weeks of the uh, the campaign, um, with um, because in fairness to you, you know you you, ha- you admitted if there's one area that you you weren't satisfied with in your first uh, term was the housing area. Yes, and and you had a, a big press conference. You announced how you're trying to um, go in a, a different go on a different tangent to address that. Speak to where we are with that because that's what. Three months ago, nine yeah, years. Yeah, I, I, it's rolling out uh, altogether slowly. People are still having a little confusion about it, and we're trying to do some more education. But you just you go to the bank, just like you want a regular, and they refer you to the EDA. So, you know, people are trying. And, and what what role is the EDA playing in this? They just issued a subsidy to the bank. So let's say you know you want to buy a house. I got fifty thousand. As, as 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 seed money, and I go to the bank. What happens? Then? Okay, so you you got fifty thousand conventional mortgage. You're buying a house for let's let's say twenty thousand. That's an easier number. Mm-hmm. You're buying a house for four hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. You need to come up with twenty percent. So you need eighty thousand. You need yeah eighty thousand. Yeah, yeah. So the bank bank looks at you. Can you pay the mortgage on that four hundred thousand dollars house? Uh, you have the financial wherewithal to handle it, and the bank says, "Okay, but you need another forty grand, not a sixty, not a sixty grand." Yeah. They call the EDA, send the application. We would like this person to qualify for this program. They tack on the sixty thousand. Your down payment fulfilled. Oh, okay, okay. So, 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 so you don't go to the EDA. You go to the bank, and then the bank determines your need, your gap. You know. I think people trying to think like I walk in like I have a hundred thousand dollars in my hand and I'm gonna buy down the cost of the house, but even if you buy down the cost of the house, your your salary, you and your spouse, your household income might not be able to support the mortgage, taxes, and insurance still. So this is for people who are most there, you know, and gives you a little bit more reach. So, so let me explain this in, in lay people language: four hundred thousand dollar house. I got twenty thousand. I got twenty k. You qualify for the mortgage. And you qualify for the, you qualify for the mortgage. You, go, you know, you're telling them the first thing is you got a twenty thousand. Don't go to EDA. Go to the bank. Right. 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 So we go to Bank of Popular. Right. Um, bank of Popular looks at your financials, and and says that you can handle uh, a mortgage of three hundred two hundred twenty thousand. Right. There's a difference, right? Right. It's a difference over a thirty year period. Um, this person. Meets the qualifications, um, make the sixty thousand. We recommend right. that you make the sixty thousand available for the the twenty percent down payment, right. and then um, from there, it's about it's about construction. Right. Uh, put, putting construction the construction process in place. Or even and and I mean that's one way, right? And mm-hmm. it's the same way. If you got a construction, you want to do a construction loan. 
right? You have a piece of land, you got a plans, you could go to the bank and still say the same way. And they say, let's say the, the land is your collateral and you're good, right? But you can only afford a mortgage of 400000 and the house is 500000 to build. Mm-hmm. The bank goes to the EDA and says they need $100,000 to make up and lower the cost of their construction mortgage. Mm-hmm. The EDA ponies up the hundred grand, and you get to go on your merry way. You've, you've already set aside the seed money to serve as the down payment Absolutely. money. That's number one. Number two, suppose I got land that I want to make available to the government. Um, for 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 the for the purposes of home construction, uh, large tracts of land. Yeah, like that's, that's a that's that, a whole that's HFA. It, no. so, so, so if I, let's say I got forty acres um, that I believe is good prime residential neighborhood property, what, what do I do? I think you, you could do it two ways. You could go to HFA and they will they could work a deal with you where they where they do the infrastructure. So putting all the roads, mm-hmm. putting all the we could do up to even putting in the systems for you. Mm-hmm. But I've been talking to so many developers here, and and does the HFA have the ability to purchase the land after we after we reach uh, a reasonable they can uh, figure. They, they can do that as well too. But uh, they like in St Thomas. We have uh, wild pineapple down in Bordeaux. Mm-hmm. And what we did is we cut all the roads and the land is for sale. So that's buy a lot, build a home. Who own the home? Who own that one? HFA. HFA. Just like they own Bon Esperance in St. Croix. That's over there by um, by Baranspot. Baranspot when you're heading. People love that area. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, the, that's the meadows. That's the meadows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, then I, we have. Actually, actually I, I worked with one Adrian Williams to, to, make, <laughs> to make that law back in 2010. Yeah, Joe Williams yeah. then though. Yeah, yeah. And then they're doing another development out in Coakley Bay, out out in East. Mm-hmm. They they're um they should be cutting roads on that soon. What about Dong and West? Dong and West the western side because you just mentioned you have you you, you want to give some flavor down in the Frederick State area. I guess a lot a lot of flat land down there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So mean, so you buy the land, I mean you could do it, but we are, we aren't doing any I are some developments I see cutting in down there, but I haven't seen any houses go up as yet. So St. Croix got plenty of land to buy where you could start. But, you know, when you go to the bank, if you're doing a construction loan, you need to get your plans and everything together ready to roll. And your estimates of how, it's gonna co- how much it's going to cost and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. And I'm telling people who build and listen, if you could build a house for $400,000, the government will buy them every single day. So yeah, I, you and I spoke about this on yeah, numerous occasions. It's like we're in a unique situation where money ain't our problem, which has been the, the case uh, in the past. What prompted you to go the EDA route and not the conventional HFA route? Well, I got you know the first thing is for this particular program. I, go, I say this with bated breath because you know Dana is down there running the HFA now. They have so many programs that are that are functioning subpar because you're just overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a capacity of, issue talking about. Yeah. One of the things that we didn't talk about last night that we're looking into is shifting, taking all of the CDBG um, and putting it under the, the DR and putting it under ODR. Oh, okay. Because what's happening is... And that tranche is almost $800 million. That's like a yes. $770 million tranche. So though. what's happening is the HFA has so much work to do on the CDBG that they're not building affordable homes. And that's really their mission, right? Exactly. So we want to make sure that they become more core-specific and absorb that sector of the business on the ODR so they could go back to just 
making sure people have affordable housing. Um, and because I'm getting creamed, you know, every time I talk no, no, to... No, I, no, 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 let me just educate the public here. There were a number of tranches, mm-hmm. right? There were two of them in particular for well over 700 million. DR and MIT. Correct. And, and then there were a couple others that brought the number to like 1.9 billion. Right. Overall, right? That's a, that was, that's a big number, right? That's correct. And you're saying one of those tranches in particular. Right. CDBG. Right. You don't... You, DR. You, you, the, the, the DR. That's disaster recovery. Right. You, 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 you want to pull that from each of it and get them back to their mission statement. Right. Okay. Okay. You know, that's important So why, 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 why didn't you just say that in, 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 like that, man? Why, because why, it why, why, why do you want to be politically correct in the legislature? Why? Right? Because we, it depends on how complicated it is. Because I don't want to spend a year doing that and we lose time in getting the projects going where they're going. So it's kind of like you in for a penny, in for a pound. There's some rabbit holes. We're just so far down. We have to keep going down the rabbit hole till we come out of the other end. Have you spoken with um, Secretary Fudge? Well, you know. Since, since, since the March, since the April declaration that, yo, y'all got this cash and y'all ain't spending it. What's up with that? I haven't spoken to her. Why but not? Yo, man, yo, don't be afraid. Man. Remember, you know, we have Adrian Todman, Deputy, yeah, Deputy Secretary, who's a Virgin Islander. So, you he, know, he, and he, he had like he, three conversations. Check this out. I did, some, I did some contract work for a senator. And she had a good relationship with your chief of staff. So she, every time we had an issue, she would call, she would call, Carl, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I told her, yo, I know you're good with Carl, right? But Carl's a chief of staff. Carl's supposed to talk. Carl's supposed to talk with your chief of staff. You're supposed to talk with the governor. You, you're the something. You're at that level now. So here, that's what I'm saying. I know the Adrian Tyman thing is good, but, but, you know, but yo, yo, this is Governor Albert Bryan. Can I speak to the secretary, please? The secretary. Up, yes, man? we could. We could talk to her. But the reality is, is that I rather talk to the people closer to the ground doing the work because that's where you get in the problems. Because it, we, we're not the only one who have this problem, you know. It's like all a HUD, all HUD money is difficult to spend. Every yeah. consultant we speak to, they were like, it's difficult to spend. Um, we gotta take a break and I know, right? That's on I know, right? Because I, I, I want to counter that, right? Uh, we got the governor in the house. Uh, Albert Brand is making the rounds. Like he makes so many rounds, he keeps just saying last night it was actually night before. Uh, he gave his fifth state to the territorial address. We'll take a break. Be back right after this. If it's happening around the world... NPR's Frank Langfitt is in London covering this one. Hey, Frank. Good morning. Cuba is experiencing its biggest anti-government protests. If it's happening here at home... On a blistering hot day in Twin Falls, Idaho... On the northeast border of Mississippi, where the river nourishes rich and green. Morning edition from NPR News will take you there, wherever the story is. Listen every weekday. From 6 to 8 a.m. here on WTJX FM 93.1. These days, people go to great lengths to shed the stress of daily life. There's acupuncture, deep tissue massage, meditation, yoga... At All Things Considered, we offer our own type of healing, invigorating news stories that span the rainbow of human experience. Nourish your mind and escape from the ordinary. Weekdays on All Things Considered from NPR News. From 5 to 8 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1. Banking for your business. At Bank of St. Croix, our mobile apps provide access to business accounts on the go. And our merchant card services accept credit and debit payments anywhere, anytime. 
Plus, the online banking platform means your bank is always open. Bank of St. Croix has two locations, one in Gallows Bay at 340-773-8500 and one in Peter's Rest at 340-713-8500. BankofStCroix.com. Chris Jackamick, I served in the United States Air Force and I deployed three times. So in 2017, I was serving as an Air Force First Sergeant. Our motto in that role is my job is people, everyone is my business. But unfortunately in that year, I would lose my own brother, Lance Corporal Adam Jackamick, to suicide. The majority of veteran suicides are from guns. I store my weapons securely, not only for myself, but for my family. Store all your guns securely. Help stop suicide. My service never stops. Brought to you by N Family Fire and the Ad Council. back here on Analyze This and we've got the governor uh, Governor Brian number nine right number nine number nine in the house uh, of course that's the ninth elected governor <laughs> for, those, for those who are listening right <laughs> uh, Nina you know what I'm saying and then we got uh, Richie Mota uh, Mr. Richard Mota Jr. that is uh, communications director Mr. Mota Jr. I know that you on the ground the governor just mentioned you know um, Deputy Secretary Todman folks on the ground so you on the ground and the governor's out, out of the governor's office mm-hmm. when nonprofits reaching out because one of the discussions we've had on the table talk and when we talk Bush T with Dwayne Henry and all that stuff is that the government can't do everything right and I'm sure you get a lot of calls um, from those inquiring about how they can get some access to the governor to, to talk about things that can um, fill some gaps that the government can't provide for what's that like for those who are out there listening and believe that running a government is automated Hmm. It, it's it's not automated, and and like you mentioned, there is um, you know the nonprofit sector is 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 invaluable in the sense that they really fill the voids that government can't fill, right? I mean, there are a lot of goods and services that government um, just cannot provide on the on, on on a granular level, and that's where the nonprofit community um, really uh, comes into play. Um, yeah, we, we get a lot of those concerns um, mainly through the administrator's office, and I think that he's done a, a really great job in um, you know being that liaison between the nonprofit community and then even individuals who um, want to offer assistance to 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 um, spearhead initiatives in the community uh, and partner with the government. Um, how how I handle those concerns is, you know, when something comes to me, I I just you know I, I engage the, the the individual or the organization in the conversation, and then I point them um, to where they need to go. Oh, that's that, that's important. And Gov, you know, you you took some heat early April um, when the HUD secretary um, mm-hmm. took some shots, and she was saying, "Yo, you got this money? What's going on?" You know, and, and you now before you before you respond, you have made it clear from day one. That that you're a blue doc, you're a conservative Democrat. It was like, you did, you said it. I'm just, no, I, I, I never not, denied it. Yeah, so I, I you know, <laughs> don't let me got pull out the, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but but at the same time, governor, our biggest fear is money going back to D.C. Don't you think we have a legitimate concern with respect to that? I know you don't want misappropriate anything and spend things wrongfully and all that, but no, we got the cash. No, you it's know, about reinvesting, isn't it? I was talking to. Um, just to put it in perspective, right? I was talking to uh, somebody, I don't call the name, and they were saying, oh, you know, I have a CDBG grant in 
And it's just taking so long to come through to do, I can't remember what it was, something in the community. I said, well, yeah, well, how much is it? They were like $250,000. I was like, $250,000? I can get out to APA. Just write me a letter. I'll write, I'll send it to you. The, 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 I think the nonprofit, as well as the HUD secretary, they don't have any understanding of scale. I will give you an example, right? I went to the White House. And um, I was talking to one of the chief advisors for the president. And he was like, man, this WAPA problem is serious. So I'm like, yeah. He's like, she's, and she said to me, she said, how, many, how much money do you think it'll take to fix it? And I said, $300 million. You know what she said? That's all? I'm saying, man. It's like, but for them, $300 million is no money. $300 million is almost a payroll of the government. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when you talk about scope and you talk about what? $2 billion. Ladies and gentlemen, if you give away $50,000 a day, every day for the next 20 years, you will not give away a billion dollars. That's just to show you like how much money a billion dollars is. So when Marsha first come here and says, you're not spending the money fast enough, the way that they set up this plan originally doesn't allow you, like if you have $100 million, right? Let's say that's 400 homes at $250,000 a home. Mm-hmm. When is the last time we built 400 homes in a year in St. Croix or St. Thomas? When is the last time we built 100 homes in a year? So even if you had $100 million just dedicated for homes, that's four years of building. You still got $1.9 billion to spend. Plus, you're spending all of the, you're sending all of the FEMA money at the same time, and you're spending the ARPA money that we got. No, no, you and I, you know, we flew over to St. Thomas the day after Thanksgiving. I think you were heading up to D.C. The, the following week, the Sunday, and you said, on average, you expect us to spend. You told me 600, but I'm, I'm hearing that number is now 800 million. That would be the, that would be like if we could spend 800 for recovery purposes. We talked a about. year spend, yeah. not not yeah. Uh, not not issue POs. Mm-hmm. $800 million. Of actual work. Right. Yeah. If we do that this year and do it next year and the year after and the year after, the four years that I'm here, that's only $3.2 billion. Mm-hmm. And, and for us to spend $800 million a year is a feat, you know, because you got to spend almost the entire equal to the entire general fund, which houses... 6,000 employees annually. But and that's why, you know, people, they were telling me when I did the speech, they were like, uh, Gov, I don't think people are going to understand this gross territorial product thing that you're saying, that you're putting in. So, you know, when you have, when, you, when they talk about GDP for the country, 2% growth is astronomical. That's what they're trying to slow down now. Mm-hmm. We're talking about taking 20%. And sticking it into the economy. But, 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 Gov, I'm going to give a counter argument now. Mm-hmm. Next month, going to make five years since the money was appropriated by, by, by um, Congress. That's a long time, man. Eh? It's a long time. And, 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 and one of the issues that you inherited, because remember now, you came in a year later, 11 months later, in 2019, you, you, you kept referring to capacity. We identified we don't have that. What do we do to fix that? So because we can't keep using the same. When you look stuff. at how much we uh, we spent now, it's two point nine billion for, divided by five. That's six hundred million a year. That's maxing it out. And you said we allocated another four point four. Okay, we had seven point three. Right. 
Right. So that's six hundred million a year we're spending now, and everybody looking for workers. So how 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 do you how do you? We need major recruitment, man. We do major recruitment. Speaking of which, up to agriculture Monday night, man. You ain't give them the kind of love that they deserve. In particular, when you show up down there and so, and and spoke with, the, with 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 our farmers and our agriculture industry personally in the in the fall. I think it was either September, or October. You met with them. And all that stuff, and then you give a state a territory, and then give them the love. What happened, buddy? Richie, how oh, I let that happen, man. <laughs> Richie, eh? well, eh? when we give them the apolitical, unpolitical, yeah. correct answer. Yeah, what happened, man? Agriculture. Well, I like support eh? we, with all this money we we expending to uh, import food, and you ain't give them that kind of love Monday night. Yeah. I I I I got the farmers done. I promise agriculture ten million. Drop in a bucket, like you know. I support, like I always say, I. I am 100% in support of the farmers that are trying to make agriculture an industry here. Hobby farmers, we have support for them, but in a different way. And then we have support for school school um, children and making farming a part of the curriculum and agriculture a part of the curriculum. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the mainstay of the economy, agriculture is negligible. I know you get in trouble for saying that. But no, when but you talk th- about contribution, when we're talking about $800 million dollars, if we grow, how much money do you think we grow in food a year now? Maybe two million. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed to, to say the numbers simply from the fact that I know we we're, we're importing way too much what we right. consume. So I, this is how I do it, right? But, we do, but, but the potential is there. We do 55 million in food stamps, right? Mm-hmm. Which is 30 percent of the economy. So we spend at least 200 million in food. Uh, uh, per annum, mm-hmm. maybe 250 million in food. You know, I look at what is grown on, a, on average here. I can't say we're doing more than two, three million in food grown locally. So there's potential, and we support that well, potential. But well, the, well, the math says that if if, right. if we're at 50 million and we're importing 95 percent, yeah, you do the math. That five five percent is two and a half million of, yeah. of fifty million. Good that's, math, right? You yeah. know, that's you know. So, so I mean, so. it 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 is not a is not a priority of the ministry. It's good politics, and we definitely support it, and we're giving them the money that they need. The water in You're Bodo, set. solar in Bodo, more access to water in Saint Croix. We digging out the ponds and creating um, resealing all of these ponds. We got project to do that to stop against irrigation and runoff. So, you know, we're we definitely supporting the commissioner and we're going to be doing more with the hay. I told him to drop the price mm-hmm. from the drought. So all those things are happening. But in terms of all the things that, that are moving the economy, that is really negligible. What, what, what happens in the next couple of you know, when you're here, we have this great conversation. Time flies, and I want to touch on this. What well, happens in the next 150 days until we get to July, and and the cannabis law goes into effect? Uh, because I had the commissioner so, on, and oh, we spoke about you know some of the realities. Ricky? That come with no, I had Commissioner Martinez. You said you saw. Oh, oh Ray. You, you, you oh, saw. You, you saw. You saw. You, you saw your boy walking yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. Out of, <laughs> Don't go there. <laughs> it's too soon. <laughs> no. Um. So that the 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 medicinal. Uh, regs are already written. They're in government house. The cannabis board, we already wrote the the recreational regs. The cannabis board has to do a little tweaking according to the new regulations, the new law. Then we're going to just push both of those through at the same time. We should have those signed no later than March. And, and then it's all about 
education. We have some education lined up before, just letting people know what is required in the industry because I think I did it, and maybe no, everybody else didn't did it. I oversimplified what it takes to get uh, cannabis from actual seed to, sale. to production, yeah, to sale. And it, it's, it's really complicated. We've got to get the lab up. But we want, I, my goal is to have dispensary licenses issued this summer. And I don't know if we're going to issue, we're not going to issue well, seven one time. I think we're going to start with like three in each district and maybe one at St. John. Um, just to get it started and get it flowing and then the medicinal is going to flow and get the growers going and then, you know, let's see. We're gonna- so, somebody just, just, just texted me and said, well, in, t- in reality, you did touch on agriculture. Could you mention cabinet cannabis this week, right? No. Well, and that, well, and, and and also one of the RT Park companies um, that 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 oh, won yeah. the um, the I mean, nobody the, um, caught the it. Was one. Yeah, yeah, that was a hydroponics firm. So yeah. we did touch on it a little. Bit. And and in the way that Carl wrote it, he said leafy plants and herbs. Mm-hmm. And I was yeah. like, nobody caught on to the herbs part. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, quickly, Governor, uh, because you're gonna have to make a return. Uh, Engagement here because you know normally we do an hour and a half. You know I almost cried when I saw an hour there. I was like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah you know what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, we're not doing it. This WAPA issue. I heard you yeah. talking about it passionately, passionately on on Monday, and you just mentioned that um, the White House, which is actually gray, <laughs> <laughs> scoffed at the small the small figure to yeah. fix. So 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 if that's the case, and we got a cash. Is there any way you could be creative? Talk to no, no, to, no. Talk to the president and talk to FEMA and say, yo, uh, we, we can't afford to be holding you know ourselves what, hostage anymore. You know what the president is going to say, though? You got the money. And I know we have the money. That ain't the issue, you know. What's the issue? People are going to complain. I'm going to fix it. We have the money. That's not the issue. It's time and process. So right now, VTAL is the biggest thing. We want to pay that off. We want to get couple of more generators on propane and synchroy. We want to get out of our leases, some of our leases. That's going to lower it. We want to get a watch sellers up in St. Thomas. That's going to lower it because... What about access to the commodity, though? To propane? Yeah. When we pay VTAL off, we could buy propane from anybody. That's what I'm talking about. It's going to lower the cost as well, too. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, we got some banks to pay off. We got some short-term loan. I keep saying we, them. And... We're going to be all right. And and, oh, yeah, we got the 50% solar. We got signed. I think I have a meeting with the uh, solar company. We're going to do at least 50% of uh, St. Croix's grid requirements on solar. Mm -hmm. And I think we're going to be okay. The the whole thing is money, you know? And that's why I think I'm going to get people going to complain about how much money I spent to fix WAPA. But once it fix, it fix. You know, it's like when I when they when a contractor come to your house, and you want your kitchen redone, and your guy get something fixed, and they will be like, "How much is it gonna cost?" Don't worry about it, man. You are gonna be alright. You <laughs> no. got money. They like to tell you that. So, 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 <laughs> you're, so, so, so you're you're <laughs> confident. You're, you're confident. We're going to address our energy crisis that's been dogging us for two decades, without a doubt. Okay, that good. they consider it done. I I, I mean, listen, I grimaced over this thing for for days, and I just tell my belly hot. I was just pissed off about spending the money. And then I say, you know what, Albert? Just fix it. Once it fixed, it done. Okay. You okay, know. I, I think the public appreciates that. Um, and stick to itiveness is what yeah. we're talking about. Uh, with, with respect to that. Uh, quickly, 
Um, you're going to be making the rounds to the schools and all that stuff, education. Um, you know, you, what, what governor you want to be when, 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 when um, you hand the reins over to somebody in January of 2027? I want what well, yeah, I want to be the very retired and happy governor. <laughs> <laughs> At least from politics. No, yeah. I, I uh-uh. tell him he I tell him he's gonna be one of the um, most consequential governors that we've had in Virgin Islands history. Then given all of the opportunities, I, I want to label he was the blank governor, the goat. Transformative. <laughs> you mean who doesn't want to be the best? They can you take over at a time when we were in full recovery? Well. In in the the infancy of our recovery, and you're gonna have eight years uh, to knock it out, Governor. Thanks. Um, can we get you back on on the fifteenth of, uh, of, of February? Yeah, we could do that. We we get you on an hour and a half because there are a number of different things we don't touch today. We want to touch them. Yeah. yeah, we could talk what we did about in DC. Yeah, we'll, we'll be, be going we'll to be right back from DC. Awesome. So, see you then. Thanks a lot, gentlemen, for being here. Appreciate that. Thank you, uh, Commissioner Ray Martinez. Great, great show today. And thanks to my engineer, Danny Challenger, as well. And all of those who sent me text messages to ask questions. Appreciate, appreciate you all. Be good and be safe. Views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. The news nowadays is a bit like our weather, much more extreme. The headlines that grab the most attention generate a lot of heat and not much light. On 1A, we rely on your questions and stories to help us better understand the issues that demand more than a few tweets. With your help, we'll get to the heart of the story together. Catch 1A at its new time, weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. During a busy day, it can be hard to make room for even one more thing. So it's a real plus that All Things Considered from NPR News is great for multitaskers. You can confidently add being well-informed to your to-do list and know that you will get it done. Whether you're cleaning out your junk drawer on a quick drive or something else, listen to All Things Considered every weekday afternoon. From 5 to 8 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1.